Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm so excited to bring you in on this third episode of Race and Story today. During the month of January, we've heard some stories and perspectives that hopefully are making you think. Today we are hearing from some dear friends who are part of our Grace Church community. My prayer is that their perspectives on life and on raising kids in our society will push you towards empathy. Remember, Jesus is the one who taught us that the first step towards loving someone is to listen to them. So get comfortable and open your ears. This is Race and Story. Hi, this is Father Jonathan again, coming to you with our Race and Story podcast series. And today I'm very excited to have uh, in the podcast studios, Michael and Tanya Ashley. Thanks for being here, guys. You're quite welcome. You're welcome, Father Jonathan. Good, good. Um, We've already had a couple of discussions. We haven't released any of these yet, um, but I'm excited today with you guys to talk about what it's like to raise uh, African-American children in our culture at this time. I'd love to hear also about um, what it's like to raise kids in Ocala, which means, can you can you confirm to, for me that, and our listening audience, all eight people, that you are in fact African-American? I am, <laughs> definitely, I am. I am. yes, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> okay, so wait, just by way of, let's hear a little bit of the story. Where did you guys meet? How did you guys get together? What's that... How long have you been married? Let's hear some of the story. Sure. We met in college. Yes, we did. Um, Michael is an RPI graduate, and I am a Russell Sage uh, graduate, and that's in Troy, New York. Uh, So we met in college. I was in my second semester, freshman year. Michael was sophomore or junior? Junior. Junior. Um, So we met in 93, I think. If I'm correct, no. can't remember exactly. <laughs> no. It's been a long no. time. Um, 90, 92. 92, sorry. Oh, there you go. I was off by a year. Oh, shoot. Um, February. Go ahead. Wow, how do you February. know this, man? How do you know February 14th was our first date. Easy. Crazy. Valentine's Day. There you go. You know what? Our uh, One of our other podcasts, uh, uh, Alex and Scott, first date, February okay. 14th. Yep. Same oh, as you cool. guys. So, yes, so you saw her and you're like, wow, I have got to take her out. Yes. Well, and it also it was a long drive. Uh, I live in, in the, was living in the Bronx, New York, and so I grew up uh, with my dad calling Long Island Queens. So uh, why? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. But he we, we just called everything Queens. Uh, no, I'm sorry, reverse. Called everything Long Island. Okay. Queens was Long Island. Okay. And so uh, Tanya's we're at college, and Tanya says, "Hey, you know, I'm just going to uh, take the bus home." I'm like, "No, I'll drive you home. Yeah. Long Island's just over the bridge mm-hmm. from uh, the Bronx." So we cross over the bridge, and I see where she lives, Riverhead. It says another 50 miles. And so I'm like, "I thought you said that you live in Long Island." She goes, "Yes, I do." And that's when I learned myself. There's a difference between Long Island and okay. Queens. So you had a long. It's a long, a long island. Is a long island. island. You know, I'm not believing that this was an accident at no. all. No, no way, dude. I think this is it part was of your meant plan. to happen. I think this is part of the plan. All right. So you guys date for a while. So is your extended family from that area, the New York area up north? No, my family is originally from Jamaica. Okay. So, when did they move to the states? I really couldn't tell you the date. So, I mean, like a long but time ago? Very, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like parents, grandparents, all from? from the, I would say that they made their way into the United States probably in the 60s. Okay. Okay. So, do you identify 
as a Jamaican American? Do you identify? How do you how do you identify your culture? Not necessarily your ethnicity, but culturally, how do you identify? Jamaican. Jamaican. Yes, but it's I, I was actually talking about that uh, that as I went through high school and college, that if I got into this conversation, most people did not identify me as black. They identified me as a Jamaican. So even if with with myself saying that I am a black man. Uh, you know, or just talking about black, and you're like, well, you're not black, you're you're Jamaican, aren't you? And it's, so your it's friends would correct you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They would say that they would say that there was a difference between an American black person and a Jamaican that you weren't black. What was the distinction they're making? Just because I wasn't born here in the United States, I assume. Okay. But was but it like a different it, mindset or ethos? No, I don't think so. I don't think maybe for them themselves, maybe just so that I was not black in their in their viewpoint. I have no idea how that make you feel yeah. when they made that statement. I would, I would always correct it. I was always corrected that I am black. I am a black person. So okay. there's, there's because you've always grown up in this culture. Yes. So this is, I mean, this is what you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, what about you, Tanya? Where's your family from? My family, born and raised here in the United States. Um, so I've always just identified as being a black woman. Um, I, you know. And marrying Michael and being part of his family has been a awakening to me to know to learn about a different culture, especially you know a culture that is not um, that is not American, but being a black person here in the United States. So you definitely there's I've learned I've learned some different things, but just as far as my family, born and raised here in the United States. How quickly did you discover the differences in his family's perception about their living in the United States versus your family's perception. Like you're like, okay, like I'm a black woman and this is my home and this is where I'm from and this is how we think. And then you start dating or hanging out with Michael and you're like, wait, they don't think like that. Well, how long did that take? Very quickly. Very, very quickly. Okay. Um, you, Michael's mom, um, she, my mother-in-law, um, there's just there's just differences um, between the way that my mother, I interact with my mother, and then my mother-in-law. And that's, you know, I mean, we're all black, but there's some differences okay. there. So definitely. So Is yeah. There something that you can think of that you could tell us? Cause <sighs> I'm curious what you mean by hmm, that. Let me see. Let what me see. What difference? Oftentimes differences are in food. Mm-hmm. I would just think there's some there, but you're, you seem to be implying that there's something culturally different. Sure, sure, yeah. I th- I think um, just the 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 way of speaking um, for when I was raised. Um, we didn't refer to children as boy. Um, and my mother-in-law still will say she'll refer to Ryan as boy. And that has a negative connotation to me. So when I ha- I've always had to train my brain that when my mother-in-law says it, it's not actually a negative thing for her to address Ryan as boy, come here, you so know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in my family, when you use the term boy, sure. it was more of a negative connotation well, attached to it. Well, that was part of the slave culture. Exactly. Exactly. So exactly. That, so that's that's the filter mm-hmm. you're hearing it through is mm-hmm. to say boy like that, right? To show ownership almost. Yes. Michael, in your family, was that a common like? Did your folks call you boy? Not really. Okay. I mean, it's just it's just some they they speak. They don't actually try to. Jamaicans don't have a filter. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so okay. They just say whatever comes to their mind. And okay. So it's, I think that's just what she's speaking of. So. The first time that happened, Tanya, mm-hmm. I'm just so curious about mm-hmm. 
in, in push in on this a little bit. Sure. Uh, your mother-in-law calls your son boy. Mm-hmm. Did you bring it up with her? Did you go to Michael and say, hey, this is no. not okay? No, no, I, I've not because I just know that um, that it, the, the connotation that how I was raised is not the way she's intending it. Okay. So, yeah, um, I think it's just an awareness, mm-hmm. um, which I think is most important. And, and the reason why I'm sitting here talking to you today is because there just needs to be an awareness. Um, I think we all have certain biases, prejudices. Um, that's just who we are as a people, okay. um, just differences. Um, I think that the most important thing to remember is that when those things do enter your brain is for your your brain to say, uh-uh, wait a second, hold on, and then to retrain your brain that I can't characterize everyone this way. Um, it, I don't find any fault in someone having a thought. What I find fault or what I have a problem, what I struggle with as a black woman living here in America, living here in Ocala, is then the action behind it. Or not to take your brain and stop and say, hey, wait a second, you know, that's not the way I should be thinking that's not the way that being here on at church and talking to you, Father Jonathan, that's not the way that Jesus would want me to believe, think, behave, act. And then to pass on. Yeah. Oh, and to give somebody else. Yeah. Yes. Right. You have your, your son, your daughter, sure. and they have no idea of any of this type of stuff, but then you, you bring them close when there's a black person that's walking by or has gone by and you lock your doors because of something that you have in your in your head of what there's a perceived danger. I see. You know, that's something that you, you teach. Sure, it has been taught, for sure. Okay. Particularly, that's what the South is known for. Mm-hmm. So, that leads me to my next question. You guys are living up in New York. Yes. Dating. You got married up there? No, we got married here. Got okay. married here in Ocala. So, you moved to Ocala. Mm-hmm. Right. And you get married here. Yes. Yes. Any trepidation about moving to a rural southern town? Um, because Ocala is not that big. No. Um, and what I'll say is this. I mean, it's gotten population-wise bigger, but it's sure. really just from retirees. Ocala, by and large, is still kind of what Ocala is once you take the retiree population out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'll give you a little more on my background. Please. Uh, uh, being in the Bronx, obviously, there's a lot of black people, so... Growing up, I never had to identify as a black person because I was just a person in the Bronx. Once I went off to uh, high school, I went to a private high school in, in Pennsylvania, Mercersburg Academy. I got a, a scholarship to go there, and I spent three years there where it was, say, five black people amongst uh, you know, 30, 40 per class, small school of whites or some from Europe. It was a privileged high school. And so I really, growing up, never had to identify as a black person. When I went to high school, my aunt said, you know, don't, if you leave a cup, don't come back to it, don't drink from it. You know, just different perceptions of that. There could be dangers because you're black. So, but it was... Well, someone would put something in your cup. Well, someone would put it in your cup. So, you know, my my mom, my aunt, they had perceptions of being a black person, which they didn't really, per se, pass on to me per se, but when they would come to certain situations, they would look to see, okay, well, how many black people are in the room? You know, that type of thing. Was that the first time that you had heard that kind of stuff? That was the very first time I heard that kind of stuff. How did that strike you? Not odd. It's just something that, you know, it's just something that 
you, to protect yourself. It's okay. just something that I viewed because you, you, you understand that you're different. You okay. do understand that, especially when you go to a, a high sure. school that, yeah. you know. You're, well, you go from not being um, in a minority situation. Right. To being uh, a minority situation, a minority where you're one of five, you say. Right. I mean, that's pretty intense, actually. Mm-hmm. And I did not, in those three years, have one incident of a, of a problem. Okay. And so, no sideways looks. No sideways no looks. No. no and and for me, I'll use the word assimilate, because when sometimes when I speak with other friends and you know, you're acting white type thing, which is, for me, is, okay, what does that mean? But it's just a certain ignorance on both sides, sometimes on, on a black person's side, that, okay, you're acting white, which is, what, educated? I, I don't view that as one or the other. Or if you're... So your black friends say that to you? Yeah, okay. right. What do they and, and this was this was way back. Oh, okay, not this now. This is not now. Not now. No, okay. this is back when I would go back to the Bronx after, you know, spring break or something like that. And so coming to Ocala was not a culture shock for me because I had already been in high school in rural Pennsylvania. And so it was, and it just wasn't. So you had, you had learned how to adapt in a minority situation because of high school. So to come here and be, um, because Ocala is not ethnically um, it's about as well. It's not super diverse. No, it's pretty no. much the same as a lot of other places. I, I would compare. It, I mean, I was going to compare it to Atlanta, but Atlanta is way different. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. sixty or seventy percent black. So, um, I just never. Ha- you were okay with it then? Yeah, I just never. And did it even cross your mind? Yeah, it crossed my mind. It crosses my mind because it, it would be, you know, silly to or naive to think that there are not folks that look at you and perceive you as different. It's just what it is. Okay. Uh, and then when it's, once I got down here, I really just worked for small companies. So I really never got to, you know, have occasion to have someone, you know, treat me differently because of my skin color. Man, praise God. I, I mean, that's awesome to hear. And yet we know it's out there lurking. Yeah. Because, I mean, shoot, our culture, it's all over the place. And our culture. Did you have a similar feeling, Tanya, when you were moving here? Were you like, oh, yeah, it's going to work out fine? No. My <laughs> my mother was very concerned for me. Uh, she said, Tanya. Wait, no, where's your mom now? My mom. Actually, my mom lives here in Ocala. Okay, and now she's Yeah, okay, she does. Where does but she live then? Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. And so when Michael and I got engaged uh, commencement, um, when I was graduating from Russell Sage, um, she said to me, Tanya, I'm very concerned um, that you are moving to the South. Um, and she said... You know, it's a different way of life there. Um, I think the furthest that I had been from New York, family vacations would have been to Virginia. So I, Florida was completely new to me. Um, and I did not realize that I was moving to a predominantly white area, which Ocala. Um, but, you know, when you're young and you're in love, you know, this is, we were engaged. And, you know, we, this is, I was 23. So it's all Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so um, I moved here and started my life um, with Michael. And I remember we were going through Leesburg, um, and there was a Ku Klux Klan um, rally going on. And I remember sitting in the car as we're driving through Leesburg, and I remember looking out the window and saw a Ku Klux Klan rally going on. And that is when it really hit me that. 
Tanya, you got to be careful. Um, where you live is not um, safe. I also um, worked for a state agency, and uh, it was told to me that when I accepted a position, because I was doing some field work, that going out into the forest, I do not go alone, um, because there are parts in the Ocala National Forest where African Americans are just not safe. Um, so when you when you heard those things, both when you saw the rally mm-hmm. and you heard those things, what what are you thinking? Like, okay, look, we're just here until we can get out of here. I mean, were you thinking like, I want to make my life here? What's going on in your head? Um, for me, um, I I would have to say one that it was kind of like an alternate um, reality because those are things that you I heard about, but not to experience them or have them you know affect my life right in front of me. Um, Just something on sixty minutes. Yeah, especially the Ku Klux Klan rally. That was you know I was just like, oh my gosh, am I sitting here? Am I actually seeing this? Michael, as you're driving past that with your your new bride, are you like, oh, I don't recall that. Oh, you don't remember. No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. But she'll tell you that, you know, I, I, I'm one of those, I'm one of those guys. (laughs) If it's not affecting me directly, you know, it's something that. They would want to affect you directly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have direct plans for you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. But it's. Well, I mean, okay. So you see that, you move here, you're obviously scared. You've seen it for the first time. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just something that I've, I've just always been aware of my personal safety. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially when I have the children with me. Um, when, you know, the elections with President Obama, um, I did have, you know, um, stickers up in my car because I did support President Obama. I still do support President Obama. Um, and I had people, you know, that were drive behind me and make gestures. And it scared Alexis one morning when we were driving. And so I decided at that point to take the sticker out of my car because um, I just felt at that point um, it's not about um, any more voicing, you know, what I believe in standing up. Um, It's more of that my child feels unsafe. Okay, well, that's where I I really want to spend, if we can, the rest of our time is, okay, so you move here. Uh, you have uh, a boy, a uh, girl. Yes, Alexis. Alexis is first. Alexis, and then Ryan. Yes. Uh, how old is Alexis now? Alexis is twelve. So twelve. Okay. So both born here in Ocala. Both born here. Okay. So uh, you have these kids that you're growing, you're basically raising mm-hmm. in uh, the rural South. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, you would say that to this point, you still haven't really encountered any uh, overt racism or even. Subvert, is that true? The only time that was with uh, Tani with when we had the uh, Obama sticking okay. in the car. Were you well, the, I was, I was you there, saw yeah. yeah. Okay. Gentleman was, uh, pulled up, we were going past the alehouse, and John pulls up, and he's, and I'm, what in the world is he talking about? I'm thinking maybe there's something wrong with right. the tire yeah. or something. So I put the wheel down, he's like, are you guys crazy? You're, you know, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And that's when we realized that, like, okay, have a good afternoon, put the window back okay. up. and So... What do you as parents do in that moment? What's the parental response? Because obviously you have an emotional response. You have sure. a couple response. Sure. So you have your individual, your couple, and then you have you care for these kids who are in the right. car. How do you shepherd them? What would you do? Well, I don't think we really addressed it as specific to race. I think we just talked about that they're – don't like our choice, I believe. What we talk I, about. I, for in the case where it was with the President Obama, you know, and having the sticker in our window, I just said to Alexis and Ryan that people. 
we have freedom of choice here in the United States. Um, and I have the right to believe what I want to believe. And the gentleman that was, you know, yelling and, and, you know, just going on and on on, you know, what his beliefs were, that he has his right. There's a way to go about having your rights, expressing your rights. And we, Michael and I, believe that the way he was expressing himself was inappropriate. If he truly felt that he wanted to address us as, you know, we shouldn't support a President Obama and whatever his beliefs may be, then that's different. Then, you know, there's a time and a place for that. Um, And in my opinion, the time and place is not when you see, you know, a mother and a father together and we're out with our children. If it was Michael and I together and this gentleman stopped us or whatever, then that's different. But when we are in the car, when we are with our children, and especially the degree of anger that he had, it was just highly inappropriate. So I just addressed it with Alexis because Alexis seems to be more of out of our two children that is very aware of social issues. Um, And so I just addressed it to her as in there's a correct way and there's a improper way of voicing your beliefs. Um, And I think for us as parents, we really work hard in teaching our, giving our children values, morals, beliefs. um, And that's what I think is most important on when we send Alexis and Ryan out into the world, when they go to school, when they're out in the community, whatever they're doing, is to know what we want them to believe. Um, But does it scare me? Yes. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Father Jonathan. Yes, it does scare me. Well, so much so that it made you take the sticker down. Yeah. So as much as you told um, Alexis that this was an inappropriate way Mm -hmm. to have this discussion, it still affected you so much Mm -hmm. that you removed your overt support. Yes. Did that feel like a defeat to you? Of course. Um, because we we live in a country where I should have that right yeah, yeah. to have my sticker up. Um, and I should also have the right um, to not be uh, yelled and, you know, all of this other language that was going on yeah. um, happen. Um, but, you know, uh, as well as saying that I have rights, he, this gentleman also has rights. You know, so you always take the good with the bad um, is what I say. Um, And so I just I try to protect my children to have them understand that first and foremost is their safety, um, because no matter what I believe, um, I just need my children to be safe. I want my children to when they are with me to remain safe at all times on whatever I believe. Um, and I also want my children to come home at the end of the day. Amen. Well, now there's a distinction here that I think you're making, mm-hmm. though, because I think every parent that would listen to this would say the same thing. They want mm-hmm. their kids to be mm-hmm. safe. But your distinction, I think, is also safe based on skin color. Sure. That's another consideration that me, as a majority mm-hmm. uh, culture guy in the mm-hmm. white class, Uh, doesn't think about quite as much. Do I think about child abduction? Yeah, sure, of course. Mm -hmm. I think every parent does. They're afraid of that or assault and sexual victimization and so on. But you have another layer that you have to add to that, and that is, hey, by the way, just because you're darker than some other people, that might bring 
some hatred your way. Right. When did you begin those discussions? Not, 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 uh, I, I, I would probably say Alexis and Ryan grew up very, uh, the early years of childhood where they would consider themselves brown. They were not, you know, if someone said to, because that was their skin tone, they were brown. Um, it probably, when they learned in school, um, because that was something that really Michael did, and I did not, did not identify. We did not introduce in our house because it, it is a heavy race. burden to carry. Um, and so we did not want that uh, for, for Alexis, them, for, that, for them. Right. For them. Um, so I, you didn't talk about, hey, you're black folks, no. you need to watch out. That did not enter in no. until the school, the education they were getting started saying, started distinguishing just, and more, and more source, distinguishing them or just distinguishing more to, history? History, because yes. then you would have Black History Month. Okay. And so that's when it would start to come into play. What were some of the questions they asked? Like, actually, hey, actually, actually, they didn't have any questions with regard to that. Alexis is a, is a very smart young girl. And so she prim- primarily would just kind of just take it in and digest it, and, and she was good. Uh, and Ryan is on the opposite end of the spectrum that he does not – get caught up in all that sort of stuff he just kind of keeps going he's like me so you know i would say that it's in the past year or two really that has become more into the forefront of that you know you are black children what what's happened in the last year or two well the one the one main incident was that we went to a restaurant and so it was on the edge of the forest and we stopped for some barbecue and so we were sitting there, and it had been a place that the kids and I and another friend had stopped in once we had come back from uh, camping out at Alexander Springs. The friend that uh, Michael and the children were with were Caucasian. Okay. And so we had gone, loved it, said, hey, let's take mom there. Let's go there. So we went there. We sat down. And while we're sitting, you could see that Tani's uncomfortable. She's uncomfortable. She's like, what's – she's agitated and like – What's the problem? What's going on? And she put, we need to go. We need to go. And not really saying what was going on. So Connie just told the waitress that we're just going to head on out here now, you know, just settle up on what we're doing. No, we don't need the, our order. We'll just go. So we started heading back home, and I'm like, what's the problem? And she goes that there were two gentlemen that were behind us. Right. And I guess they were glaring and giving the the evil eye. And so she just felt uncomfortable, so that she wanted to go. So that made Alexis, you know, because so, Alexis is listening and going, well, what's the problem, what's, what's, what's the matter? And so that's when the first real time mm-hmm. that we just talked about, you know, that there are places and people that will, will not like you because of your skin color. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was... Just last year? That was probably last year, yes. Just last year that we actually yes. had the first time of a conversation of that you're black. Did Ryan hear that conversation as well? Yes. He did. Okay. How, how did they both perceive it? What Alexis was, the... was in tears. Wow. She was in tears. And it hurt um, because, and I'm going to try not to be in tears, it, it hurt because she thought that I didn't like the restaurant. And I said, and I I said to her, Alexis, it's not that mommy didn't like the restaurant. I did not feel safe. And because Michael and I are your parents, 
we have to keep your safety. Um, and, and, you know, we just can't, I can't, I cannot continue to sit there knowing that I don't feel safe and that if something was to happen. And when I do say safe, I meant physical, but I also mean mental safety. Um, you, I, I believe that your mental health, the way your overall, um, the way you feel about yourself, your self-confidence, um, your self-worth um, is something that keeping my children safe as far as their physical safety, but it's also just as important to keep them mentally safe. Um, and so at that point, the way I felt sitting in the restaurant is that this individual, both of the individuals, you know, when you're sitting there and when, you know, we're having dinner as a family and, you know, I'm talking with the kids and I'm interacting and I look up and this person is just staring at me. And then, you know, I give a friendly smile. I put my head back down or I start talking again and I look up again and this person is still staring at me. They never smile back at me. Those are just the, the, Inovert or overt ways of saying this is not a place where you belong. Um, and so because this happened continuously over and over and over again, that's when I said to Michael, you know, this is it's just it's time for us to go. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very hurtful thing to have happen. Um especially because Alexis was really scarred by it. I mean, Alexis, uh, um, she has had, you know, the questions about her hair. Um, and so, you know, those were things all in, and we just took in stride. Mm-hmm. I just answered them for her and we just, you know, we moved on. Like why it was, different? yeah, oh you know, why her hair is different and that, you know, those sorts of things. Um, it's never been a thing of where. Is she a minority in her classroom? Um, because, I mean, yes. what, what I'm thinking about here now is so <laughs> Michael growing up maybe wouldn't have thought his hair was different sure. until he went off to the private school. You would have thought, this is what everybody's hair is. Right. It's only different when it's in comparison to something else. So I'm sure. wondering, is that true for Alexis' experience? Sure. Is she, sure. How diverse are, are her classrooms? Alexis' friends and her classroom is mostly Caucasian. Okay. So yes. it automatically stands out mm-hmm. as you're just different. Yes. Okay. Yes. But there's been no issue among her friends or no. in her classrooms? None. That's all. I mean, in a sense, I'm very proud of that. Yes. Um, Marion County's history for segregation is pretty well known and pretty sure. rigorous. Um, so it's terrific to hear mm-hmm. that, that, you, that she hasn't encountered that sure. until this restaurant experience. Right. So since the restaurant experience that both she and Ryan experienced and heard about, how have you handle the discussion going forward? Because, I mean, certainly in the last two years, the timing couldn't be worse. Right. Because now it's on the news every single night. Sure. Um, the, the from Everything from the shootings to the Black Lives Matter movement yes. to the... Um, to, to the response of all lives matter movement to the blue lives matter movement and sure. then you know this is it's become in, incredibly agitated which some of folks have have pinned to obama he's agitated it sure i personally have not seen that i think it's just in the forefront because we have a black president currently. sure i think it's just peeled back political correctness okay what I do you think, mean by that i think with, about with, that. with political correctness prior to obama mm-hmm people start to realize, well, I can't get away with saying certain things okay. at work. Making inappropriate I can't, jokes. Yeah, I can't do that any longer because then I'm going to have a negative view turned towards me. Mm-hmm. And I think that Obama got into office and things aren't exactly what they should be and people are unhappy and the political correctness started to unravel a little bit. Okay. Uh, 
on both sides because I think there are some folks that think that well, you know, Obama hasn't gone far enough for for for, for, for black people. You uh-huh. know, you were supposed to get in there and you were supposed to do it for us. And mm-hmm. so you've got the extreme on that side, and then you've got uh, whites on the other side going, okay, well, you see, this this is what we're talking about. This is what this is what we're talking so about. So how have you? Done I have no idea what this is, but sure, yeah, it's complicated. And because of so, what have you done with your kids in that? With with you, for me, yeah, I. I don't watch the news. Okay. I, I try not to g- engage in that because I find that I have the blinders. That's my my life, I, and it's it's who I am. And Tanya's you know tried to uh, fix that, but it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, uh, because of who we surround ourselves with, I, I select who we are around, and because of that selection, it's not an issue. And because it's not an issue, it's sometimes, or up until just recently in the last year or two, it has not been discussed. We don't discuss race. It's not a, we are the Ashleys. The Ashleys, right. It's, that's, it's, that's, that's who we blank. identify first and foremost. And so we, we never said, you, you know, well, you're a black boy, you're a black girl. Never had that Until it was forced on Until you. forced on us. And that's when it became... And even with that, it was just that there are people that don't like us because. And from there, like I said, there's Alexis who does pay attention and does, you know, clue in on things. And then there's Ryan that goes, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no problem. So there was an incident where we were in, uh, and I didn't even tell Tony about this one, where we were in Chipotle. And an officer comes in and uh, Ryan says, Will he go to jail if he shoots someone? So obviously he is noting on things. So I said, you know, Ryan, why do you say that? And he goes, well, you know, when they shoot people, they, they, they go to jail. And so I said, well, sometimes if they need to, it, it happens. But in the cases that they go to jail is when they do things that are above and beyond what they're supposed to. And so I just kind of kept it clean and cut like that. I didn't yeah. get, again, did not address it as because you're black, you need to be concerned. And I just... It's not my makeup. When your kids start going off by themselves, mm-hmm. when Alexis gets a driver's license, mm-hmm. what what are you gonna? When Ryan gets a driver's license, what are you gonna tell him? What's the what's the coaching up? For me, and my I mean Michael that's where the road meets the road, right? Sure, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, sure. I'm trying to like in my sure. mind when my kids started leaving the house, then it mm-hmm. was like okay. I don't get to control that anymore, mm-hmm. and so that's where I, it and, really gets real. I'm, and I'm curious, sure. what do you? Guys and I think, think I think that's probably up? where where it came back to where my aunt goes. You know, you don't pick that cup up after you've walked away from it. It's something that has never really happened or pertained to us. But as you start to right. leave the nest, then they start to sprinkle those so, yeah, seeds so what, of concern. What are you gonna, what's your plan? My plan. <sighs> your plural plural plan. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that you know, for us, we'll have to let them know that they're. It continues to be something that's uh, an issue for some folks that because you're different, that you will have to have that that guard up. You will have to have that third eye to keep an eye, eye on the things that aren't pure. To be, to They're not pure. I mean, to be to be to recognize their differences. Is that what I'm hearing? Like you're saying, like you need to recognize that you're different than other folks. Is that right or well, not? No, I'm not saying that they're different. Because I don't, they don't different? that they're perceived that's different. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I, I don't think they're different, but they're perceived, yeah, perceived right. different. And, and that di- perception requires a different set of uh, 
responsibilities. Yeah, how you handle the world. Sure, because there definitely. are folks that have passed on those prejudices. Right. And, and, and Does it surprise you in 2016? No, no, it doesn't. Because I, 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 me myself, I kind of look at things of that. There's there are prejudices. Someone can be a pre- have prejudices, but not be racist. In my viewpoint, mm-hmm. and I saw something on Facebook just the other day. It would kind of, kind of lend itself to that thought. It's a gentleman. He's a uh, uh, a newscaster somewhere, and he adopted a little black girl to his family. He's white, and so he's had her for years since she was a baby, and so now she's 11, 12 years old. And he's walking down the street, and there's a bus stop, and there's a lady that's sitting at the bus stop, and there's a black guy coming towards where she is. And in his mind, I need to stay here for a quick second just to make sure that she's okay. And just that thought in his mind, he realized, well, why am I thinking like that? What, what thought, except for the fact that it was a black guy. Was it a guy or a black guy? Because, I mean, I, that's what I was thinking. Like, well, I, didn't, I don't know the, my how My daughter he, was I don't a know, man. I don't, I'm like, yeah, I don't know how he, how, what his appearance was. Right. But in his mind, from what he stated, right. he said that the only reason why okay. he made that statement was because he was black. In okay. his mind, he processed it as that he's a black guy. Let me wait for a minute. Okay. So I don't so know. still there. Yeah. yeah. So, so even this gentleman himself has sure. preconceived ideas right. and, and split Second reactions. Well, and you're right to note that these words are tr- tricky. I mean, maybe at some point we, I should give some definitions here because it's just helpful. Because I agree that prejudice, prejudices are not wrong. They're just biases that we have. So, for right, instance, right. I'm prejudiced uh, against pornography. I have my reasons, and they're not going to change. Thanks very much. Right. Uh, I'm going to always be prejudiced sure. against it. Right. I, I don't care for the artistic pornography mm-hmm. or not. It's right. ridiculous. All right. of it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's, it's the prejudice... Plus the power, right. the ability to do something about that, that then you can enter into this world of racism. Right. And, uh, and when then you include that everyone is that way, that's what I think is the, where the racism starts. When you have a belief because you just think that this entire group of people are people. that way. Yeah, sure. um, and that... I mean, everyone is right. Everyone is an individual. I think for me as a mom, um, having Alexis that is growing up um, in Ocala, uh, she will start to date eventually, Mm -hmm. God willing. Oh my goodness, help me. Um, (laughs) No dating. And so, you know, well, you know, God willing that I survive it. (laughs) That I survive it. Yes. Um, And so that's, you know, a thought that crossed. Have you talked about it with her? No. No, no, no. Because there's there's no dating, so there's no discussion. (laughs) <laughs> okay, but assuming, okay, but even like for these social functions like homecoming, sure. which you're not that far away from, sure. Michael, I hate to break it to you, friend. Uh, well, she's talking about a dance already. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, talking, yeah, right, right. Go as a group. Go okay, as a group. well, that's fine. Go as a group. I get you, but eventually, okay, so what happens if. Are there, Rejection? Are there, are, well, no, 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 not at all. I'm or, thinking about dating rules. Like, what okay. if she gets asked by a white guy? Um, I've got no problems with that. Uh, is that is there is there going to be an awkwardness that you're going to have to coach her in a different way? Like, hey, or is there a uh, I don't know? Is there fear on your part? Maybe not even coaching I, her. Maybe you just don't you don't you let it be what it is because they're kids. I let it, yeah. But on your mind, like a lot of parents, we have this sort of oh man, I hope they don't hurt my kid. But you think even more so I, because he's white. I think I think on my part, my half of this equation of tying myself. Yeah. 
it doesn't enter in my, in my mind. I think it, what enters into my mind is that his family, uh, correct, is going to have an issue because, or may, or may not, or or, or his offshoots of his parents. <laughs> or that's an issue. Uncles. Where with okay. me, sure. I don't. It does not. She's a girl and he's a boy. So you're worried about you. Well, if there's anything that you'd be worried about, you'd be worried about how his ex, either family or extended family might treat your daughter sure. and influence him. Sure. But you would have less fears about him. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I have. Because well, we, the way that we've raised Alexis, she, she's not going to make right. He's going to be. I'm going to show man. prejudice and bias here. She's not going to make a wrong decision. Sure. Hopefully, she, she's going to make. A, she might not have all the information and then re- realize that she made a wrong decision. But in speaking with someone and interacting with someone, she's not going to make a wrong decision. It's going to be coming. Have you guys up. talked about this kind of stuff? Like, I mean, interracial dating, interracial uh, marriages. There, are, there is no dating. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. Michael and I, like I said, I think the, the biggest thing that we could possibly say is that we just operate on our day-to-day life as individuals um, and our values, morals, and beliefs. That Those right. are the biggest things for us. Our skin color comes way down on the list. We are trying to be decent law-abiding citizens that, you know, God-fearing, yes, and, you know, and parents to Alexis and Ryan. So our skin color comes way down on the line. Um, So, no, we've not. I think it's going to be more of an interesting question when Ryan goes to date. And he goes to ask. Very and much it ends so. Out to be and a I've, I've thought about that girl. as well. I think that yeah. I think it's a it's an interesting dichotomy yeah, I mean, there. A lot there. But mm-hmm. when a, a white boy asks a, a black girl to date, it's probably not as much for a family as when a black boy asks mm-hmm. a little white girl okay. to go for a date. It's, I don't know. It's, I mean, uh, it's, it, the world is a changing place. I'd like to think so. How about this? Okay, so maybe we'll wrap it up. Not wrap sure. it up on this, but I'm just curious. Like, okay, so. Uh, Despite Michael's best efforts to uh, not let uh, Alexis date, uh, she has a date and <laughs> sure. uh, said boyfriend says, hey, we want to go to the beach. Sure. So therefore driving through the forest. Sure. Um, you can pick the ethnicity of said boyfriend. Uh, what do you tell your kids? What do you tell Alexis? How do you coach her up here? I because mean, I know it's a part of your fear already. Sure, you want to be coached up by your employer to be afraid sure. of the forest mm-hmm. for right reasons. I would mm-hmm. not disagree with us at all. Yeah. So your daughter's going to drive through there, and you know she's going to drive through. What do you say? Like, how do you? I, Father Jonathan, her? honestly, I really I don't have an answer for you. Okay. I would be terrified for her. Okay. Honestly, would you say no beach? Uh, I would probably tell her, Alexis, if they mention something about the forest, give me a call. She'll have her cell phone. Give me a call because no, but they're, the, try, they're just going to the beach. But like they're going to break down. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm 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 just this is a big one coming. Yeah, huh? right, it I really it really would be the kids something. Love the beach, just FYI. Yeah, like, you <laughs> know, I know I. It would be something that, um, okay. that I, you know, I would I have to say to her. Fear. You, you cannot you can't. teach fear. You can teach it, but you shouldn't. Well, you I should. Agree. You yeah. shouldn't yeah. teach it fear. It's taught all the time, yeah. both from whites to every ethnicity teacher. Because you're going to be in situations where sure. you're going to be uncomfortable. And I don't want either one of my kids to feel that they are limited. To, to, to be honest, this, I'll go back to this is about me again, not the kids. But in that restaurant, if it had been me... I would have stayed. Hmm. To show that why? I'm not going to have someone run me off from something to make me uncomfortable. 
It's just not my personality. No one gets power over you. So, no. So, I would just have just stayed there because Tani was uncomfortable. We left, and I didn't know what it was. Right. And, and, and even with her being uncomfortable, if she had said it there, I probably still would have left anyway. But if it had just been me, and I'm seeing someone stare me down, I'm enjoying my meal. If there's something that you'd like to say, feel free to say mm-hmm. it. But at this point in time... This pulled pork is awesome. <laughs> but and and listen, so. you know, I agree and Michael and you know, we're both on the same page, but it is a different thing when you have your children with you um, because that is what my first instinct was that mm-hmm. my children are here yeah. um, and I don't want this to ever become an ugly situation where yeah. my children are in the crossfire yeah. Um, so yes you know if it was just Michael and I and if we were back in our early 20s then yes we would have raised our banner and, and sat there and had our sweet tea and enjoyed our evening but because my children are there that's a different story and I know that you had father jonathan had talked about um black lives matter and and all of these different things and being a mother of and raising a black son um my goal for ryan and my hope for ryan as he starts to leave the nest and starts to you know interact more with the world um is one where we have taught him to one just be respectful of the police i mean that is we are rule followers. We are a family that respects law and order. That is just who we are. I'm not saying that the, the recent stories in the news that they weren't being respectful. I don't know that whole story. So I would never pretend or sit here to answer those questions on how that whole situation developed. But as a mother and as um, to Ryan... I just want him to first and foremost to be respectful, to remember what we've taught him, his values, his morals, his beliefs, um, and then to to just remain in the in the moment and not to take on well I'm a black man and I have something to prove those are not issues that you need to address when if he was to be pulled over by um, the police or whatever to just remain who you are you don't have to take a stand for anyone else that has had a problem in the past you have to live in the moment you have to be who you are who Michael and, and Tanya have raised you to be and just do whatever you need to do in that situation and to also still have respect for authority. That's hard. I, I hear you 100%. Yeah. My counter thought that's going on in my head is uh, Ryan has rights and if sure. those rights are being violated, sure. I want him, like anybody else, to sure. say, hey, back off, Jack. You sure. Don't, you don't get to But there's me a like time that. and a place. There's I, a time and a place. Well, and, that, for, and that's the difference, though. Yes. I mean, this, this is the distinction sure. that, that you have to live in that world yes. because of your skin tone. Of course. That I don't as much. Right. I can get all indignant mm-hmm. uh, as a white guy mm-hmm. and I'm not worried about it where black folks have. Like it or not, been been uh, forced through video and uh, not through video, but we've seen the videos. You've seen the video, right. uh, That show that um, that's not true. You, you it's have true. to remain super calm. Yes. And if you don't, bad things happen yes. real fast. Very true. And that's because I can lose my bananas. And that's because there's an innate prejudice or fear right. or something that that now. I'm, as a police officer, I'm now at risk. And then you get heightened and you do right. things that you're not supposed to be doing. 
My so child's hard. life is more important. Amen. I hear you, Tanya. More Amen. important than, you know, yeah, holding a banner. Yeah, exactly. So, But you I'm know. also glad that some folks are actually raising the discussion mm-hmm. because it's helped me to raise the discussion uh, here at Grace. That's why we're doing sure. these podcasts. Uh, although I don't know if it's going to affect anything. At least it will advance a story. Exactly. And people will know um, what's, what's going on, sure. at least in our little community, yes. a little bit better. Michael, Tanya, thank you so much. Thank you, Father Jonathan. For your it's always pleasure, a pleasure. pleasure. Gosh, I, I can't say thank you enough. Um, if you uh, are listening to this podcast and have some more questions or some more thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me at jonathandfrench at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to, to know what you also think about the, uh, the podcast. If you want to subscribe and leave us a review, we'd love that. And if you found it helpful, please share it with your community on all the various social media sites. Again, Michael, Tanya, couldn't do it without you. You guys are awesome. Glad you're a part of Grace. Thank you, Father Jonathan. Take care. We know that the Holy Spirit is moving in our community in a powerful way, and we hope you'll share this message with your community. If you'd like to be involved in any of the wonderful things going on in our campus here in Ocala, you can learn more about us at graceocala.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Well, we'll see you on the next Grace Church podcast. Go in peace.